Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And as you know, every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're so glad that you've joined us. Weekends, 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 and you know what's going on this time of year in the weekends? It's March Madness. Yes. I don't know if people know that we're big fans of college basketball or not, but uh, we are. And I know people don't know this one. You were a college cheerleader. I was. I was. Well, they do now, right? (laughs) (laughs) They do now. Cats out of the bag. But let me tell you why I decided to try out to cheer in college, Norm. Because you were athletic? No. I didn't have a car, and I really wanted to go to the basketball games. So I figured if I cheered... I had a ride, and I could go to the games on the bus. And actually, you know, you're right there under the basket, so you have a great seat. It was really my love for the game that led me to do that. Well, and it's a good thing you did because that's where I first noticed you. Mm, (laughs) At the games, cheering. But, you know, aside from the game itself, it's always interesting to watch how intense the emotions get with fans this time of year. When bad calls are made, fans usually get crazy and loud. And we're not guilty of that, are we? Uh, Well, you know, they can't hear me (laughs) in my living room. (laughs) You are really, you you really get intense with it. Um, But when we're playing certain teams, we really do get kind of intense. We do. But especially when your team loses. Mm-hmm. And if you follow Twitter, and you know I'm on social media when our teams are playing, and I'm always reading you the comments, but boy, anger can turn hostile and even threatening at times. I mean, people seem to be okay with getting that angry and just venting it when it comes to sports. Well, and especially since they can be anonymous online, mm-hmm. they're not accountable for that vitriol. But look, before we get into anger in sports and in life, a little history lesson here. Is that okay? Yep. Did you know the term March Madness has nothing to do with anger? Anger or madness. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. It doesn't... No. It's not related to that? No. Okay. It came from the Illinois State High School basketball tournament many, many years ago. There was a coach named Henry Porter. He first used the term in 1939. Then in 1982, remember Brent Musburger on oh, CBS? Yeah. yeah. He somehow referred to the NCAA championships as March Madness and, well... There it is. Well, so at least there's a basketball connection. Yes. But it was high school basketball. So the term doesn't really have anything to do with anger. No, it's about craziness. Well, today, though, we're going to talk about a type of madness we want to avoid, that over-the-top anger in sports, but also we're seeing this in politics, we're seeing anger at the police, the government, Mm -hmm. and many other places in our culture. And, you know, the reason we need to address this anger is that the Bible is really clear, be angry, but don't sin. And it sure seems like anger has increased and become even more dangerous in recent years. In reality, we see it all year long. People seem to live in this ongoing state of anger. You know, social media, Norman, any other place you can safely, like you said, and anonymously explode, this is what is encouraging these expressions of anger. Mm -hmm. You can say anything pretty much with no consequences, 
And I also think the way our politicians act and the way the media reports those stories all contribute to anger and negativity. A number of factors have led to the decline of the lack of civility that we're seeing right now. Right. And I think you just hit the key word, civility. Mm -hmm. We seem to have completely lost it these days. The danger is that social media and other media can fuel a, a mob mentality and encourage hatred. So while our country focuses on the March Madness of Basketball's tournament, we want to focus on our own March Madness. Americans are angry about a lot of things. School shootings, taxes, immigration, government, and many, many more. And by the way, we're not saying that that anger isn't justified at times. That's right. Well, a survey done in 2016 by Esquire and NBC found that about half of the adult American adults surveyed were angrier today than they were the year before. Hmm. So anger is increasing. And this is significant because angry people are usually poor communicators. And even worse, when we're angry, we don't listen to anybody else. You can't feel loud, intense anger and expect your brain to be hearing what else is going on with someone else. When you're angry, your empathy is lacking. You have trouble imagining the other person's point of view as well. And when people feel that the only way they will be heard is when they are angry and really loud about it, then our public discourse has become an arena for shouting past one another. Right past each other. No one listens. We've mentioned before that you wrote a pocket-sized book entitled Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. That was a huge bestseller, right? Mm -hmm. Well, today we want to take a few pages out of that book to help us look at healthy anger expression. You know, I don't know if it's good to have a bestseller (laughs) with a bad topic, (laughs) but all it told me is that a lot of people are really struggling with their anger. So that little book, though, Norm, has helped a lot of people because it's easy to read. It's a quick read, which we, I always like if they're fast, you know, reads. And it speaks to both the psychological and spiritual impacts of anger on a person's life. Whenever I speak, it just literally flies off the book table immediately. Yeah. And that tells me that anger expression is something most of us could improve on. Anger is such a common feeling. Think about the number of times you were angry just this week. Well, I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> thinking about it. Are you it, counting? <laughs> well, I, I would say, though, it was mild anger several times. I really had a pretty good week, but there was a couple of times when I really did get upset. And most of these in- incidents were short, and they involved some restrained types of conversations. Um, but that's not always the case. And there was one thing that happened that particularly made me really angry. Hmm. I will say I was pretty good at the way I expressed it. Are you going to share? Or are you- no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can think of a rude customer at a store or maybe a neighbor who wasn't considerate of your property. You know, their dog does stuff in your yard, mm-hmm. things like that. So my first question is, why are we so quick to get angry? Well, like you said, usually there's a trigger event, right? Something that doesn't feel right, something that you see that isn't right, something like getting cut off in traffic or being insulted by your boss. Maybe your spouse was inconsiderate. But the event doesn't actually cause the anger, even though you you hear people say, oh, I got angry because the person cut me off on the road. Okay, I have to think about that. The event didn't cause my anger. I think I see your point because if it was the event, then everybody would respond the same way to it. That's right. I got it. Everyone would get angry just by getting cut off at the road like I do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But there are an awful lot of people who just let it go and don't react. I'm a little bit more in that camp than you are. Yeah. I mean, I react, but I don't get so angry about it like you do. So it's not just an event. That's our point. 
Other things matter. Your personality, your personality traits all come into play. People with some narcissism or maybe really competitive people. I know you're real competitive. Oh, and you're not. I I am pretty competitive. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Maybe a low frustration tolerance. Those people get angry more easily. We see this with young kids. We see a really low or high frustration tolerance in different different kids' personalities, Mm -hmm. right? For instance, driving is a competition for the competitive person. So getting cut off the road, well, it gets at their competitive blood. The narcissist thinks the road is all about him, and so being cut off prompts that type of anger. Hmm. You just helped me see something about myself and my competitive nature. Okay, so personality traits can bring on anger more easily in certain people. Are there other factors? Well, there's something called your pre-anger state. Hmm. And this has to do with how you feel physically or psychologically before some type of anger trigger actually happens to you. Are you tired? Are you anxious? Are you already angry? Is your heart rate already elevated? If so, you're more susceptible to feeling angry. That's that pre-anger state that I just mentioned. But even more than your personality or your pre-anger state, anger is triggered really a lot of times by your thoughts. You can get angry by how you cognitively appraise a situation. All that means is how you think about a situation can trigger that anger. Hmm. So if you think that all drivers are self-centered on the road and don't think of others, you're certainly much more apt to get angry. Okay. But if you think, oh, that person probably didn't see me, you might not get as angry. It's how you think about or contextualize those things that happen around you. Yeah. And it's funny because we've had this conversation in the car. We've wondered, like, why does that person just cut you off? Or why does that per- person pull up? It's where we live. Yeah, it's like, are they not thinking about it? Are they on their phone? Are they oblivious? Do they think they need to be first? We, we, we really wonder. But it doesn't matter because we don't want to get really angry at stuff like that. But if we appraise a situation as blameworthy, unjust, punishable, or some other negative belief, it's going to bring up anger. Mm-hmm. So a thought like, you know, everybody should be more mindful on the road will trigger anger if somebody is not. Even if it's true. Yeah, even if it's true, because they're not doing what they're, <laughs> they're supposed not doing to do, it. right? Or a thought like, no one should make a mistake with my fast food order. That will trigger anger when a mistake is made. So it's your interpretation of an event that triggers that anger. Hmm. Okay, let's go back to that word triggers for just a minute. I would like to think everyone has their own anger triggers based on their own life experiences. Yes, and some common situations are, you know, if you felt threatened or attacked or frustrated or powerless in your life, maybe you've been invalidated or you've been treated unfairly, maybe people don't respect your feelings or your things, you feel like you've lost control, and what makes you angry may not make the next person angry. Well, you said frustrated, and that made me think again. I think between being competitive, frustration for me is right up at the top, too. Yeah, and I know my biggest trigger is unfairness. Mm. So we've kind of identified those two for ourselves. So think about it when we're, we're talking about what could be triggering that. You know, and I can think of a time in my past when unfairness was very evident People got special treatment based on their social economic status, or they were on the inside of a group. And I also know it was in part because I wasn't privileged growing up, and I saw those who were rich get special treatment. Our childhood experiences and our unresolved hurts can really trigger that anger. Mm-hmm. Am I right to think that how your parents dealt with anger was kind of a model and a big influence? Absolutely. I mean, if your parents allowed you to express anger in a healthy way, you learned how to do that. If not, 
You may not know how to express those feelings. You might have been told not to complain and learn to suppress your anger or turn it inward. Or you may have seen anger expressed in an out-of-control way. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that if you experience trauma or abuse in your past or even currently, that has to play a role in anger. Yes, and with the backdrop, sometimes the present situation can bring out anger with those kinds of background, you know, mm. things that happen to you. When in fact, you're just, you know, you're, you're experiencing it in the present, but maybe you're being triggered by the past. Mm. Okay, please don't get angry with me. <laughs> but it's my job to take us to a break right <laughs> <Okay>. now. <laughs> All right. So stay with us. And when we get back, we're going to talk about healthy ways to deal with anger. More right after this short break. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. Well, this is the Dr. Linda Mintel Show, and I'd love to remind you to check out her books and blogs. Just go to her website, drlindamintel.com, and follow her on social media. There are so many great blogs on her website, drlindamintel.com. Check out her book, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness, the one we're talking about today, and you'll find practical help. You can find it on Amazon or drlindamintel.com. And don't forget, please listen to our podcast anytime on iTunes or any other platform platform. All right, back to our conversation on anger. We're all guilty. Duh. Is anger a sin? Well, it's not a sin. I mean, the Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. Hmm. So the issue is how you express that anger. And if you don't learn to express it in a healthy way, it could cause physical, emotional, relational, and even spiritual problems. So you can sin in your anger expression. Long-term, unresolved anger is also norm-linked to health conditions such as high blood pressure, depression, anxiety, and even heart disease. So anger needs to be let out, to be expressed, but not by venting your anger. Sounds like we need an anger diet, but I used to think that venting thing was a really good idea, like punch a pillow or yell at the TV or just scream into a pillow. You know, it's interesting uh, because the Bible says don't give vent to your anger. And giving vent to your anger in all the ways that you just described actually makes your anger worse. It revs it up. It doesn't calm it down. It actually makes you feel worse. Because when you vent anger, it makes you feel more aggressive. And certainly, it can get out of control and lead to hurtful words, or in some cases, abuse. So so the Bible knew what it was talking about when it said, don't give vent to anger. Every time we look at it. (laughs) Right. It's always right. (laughs) Right. So anger and aggression are not the same thing. Trying to figure this out because you feel anger, but you don't have to be aggressive. Right. Okay. Hey, have you ever heard of anger rooms? (laughs) There is this place called Tantrums. Do you love the name of that? (laughs) Yes. Tantrums in Houston. 
where you can go have a custom designed room with images of things or even people who make you mad. So listen to this, Norm. Before the 2016 presidential election, the owner prepared one room with mannequins that looked like candidate Hillary Clinton and the other room that looked like candidate Trump. <laughs> but he made and, a lot of money. Well, everything was smashed by the time the customers left the room. The own, owner said people left smiling. <laughs> but we know that that's not a good practice because right. it just makes you even more angry. That actually sounds kind of scary. <laughs> and he probably made money, but then he lost money because everything was beaten up. I know our, our producer, Katie, said it sounds scary, too. Boy, she, I don't think she'd go to one of those rooms. I also want to mention, Norm, that anger can be a substitute emotion. And this is really something that people need to think about. Sometimes people allow anger so that they don't have to feel pain. Hmm. People change their feelings of pain into anger because it feels better to be angry than it does to be in emotional pain. This changing of pain into anger may be done consciously or unconsciously. It's a distraction from the hurt or the emotional pain you might be feeling. So in this way... Anger can be protective. If you feel angry, you feel powerful. If you feel emotional pain or hurt, you feel vulnerable, powerless, and that's harder for a lot of people to tolerate. But I'm guessing the problem is that anger doesn't make pain go away, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't solve a problem either, for that matter. In fact, it can cause more problems if it isn't expressed well. But when it is expressed well, it can make all parties involved more willing to listen, more inclined to speak honestly, and more accommodating of each other's complaints. So people feel better when anger is expressed in a controlled and a healthy way. They'll feel relieved, more optimistic about the future, and more energized, which is going to help all of your relationships. Mm -hmm. So anger is not an emotion to suppress, but sometimes anger can make a person even realize their own faults if you express it in a very healthy way. Hmm. You know, when you watch angry people on reality TV shows, some viewers find that very entertaining, and the show's ratings go through the roof. But the anger we're seeing today seems more persistent and directed at certain people who can be demonized. It, it, it's more directed at people, it seems, to hurt them now. Some people even call it weaponizing their anger, and that certainly isn't entertaining or helpful. So give us some help on dealing with our anger. You know, I will, but... I just do you find it entertaining to watch people get really angry? No, I turn I, them I off. I don't no. either, but Bye. a lot of click. A lot of people do. All mm. right. So to deal with anger appropriately, feel it, acknowledge the feeling, but choose to delay your response. Because eventually the anger will subside. And that is something I try to do often. In other words, just don't be reactive to the mm -hmm, moment and mm -hmm. try to take a time out or a pause. So that's like taking a break to give yourself a moment, right? To calm down. Yeah. yeah. Say you're in an argument with somebody. Seems like a break might be a good idea, but may not fit either. No, it's a, it's a good idea to just take a pause. It, we're just talking about a moment, collect your thoughts. Or Catch just your take, breath. Yeah, maybe yeah, do some okay. deep breathing. And here's an interesting fact about anger. Researchers have found that sleep acts to cement negative emotions and even preserves the memory of the threat that led to your anger. Oh, so St. Paul already knew that when he prescribed for us in Ephesians 4 to not let the sun go down on our anger. <laughs> what else can we do besides waiting out the feeling or taking a time out? Yeah, isn't that it's so interesting how the Bible just says these things and then we find all these studies that support what it is. We shouldn't be surprised because no, God, God designed us, right? So another strategy is what we were just saying a moment ago is to work on calming yourself down. 
when you're enraged, your heart rate races, your breath is shallow and fast. So slow down both by sitting still, counting to three while exhaling and inhaling. Breathe from the diaphragm, not the chest, because that's the deep breathing. From your feet to your head, just consciously try to relax every part of your body, and that will cause you to calm down. I think I heard that angry people could benefit from exercise, but is that good? Because it seems like you'd run really hard and hurt yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, exercise has been shown to reduce depression, anxiety, and yes, even anger. But it comes with a caution for those are exceedingly enraged, Mm. like you're talking about. A study actually published in 2016 in the journal Circulation. Don't you Uh, love that name of that journal, Circulation? Um, Let me guess what that's about. (laughs) (laughs) found that people who were angry or upset while doing strenuous exercise Mm. had three times the risk of suffering a heart attack. So hanging on to that hostility hurts the body no matter what you do. And I think, as we mentioned, social media, that's a place where anger begets more anger. And those platforms are just crazy. One study we found said that people who read online rants for five minutes become angry themselves. I get angry after 30 seconds of reading them. I know, you don't even read them. I won't. But those rants, they're right. It just revs you up inside. And the easy solution to this is what? Don't read it. (laughs) It's like if you don't like the TV show, turn it off. Turn it off, right. Don't even participate in that. It is really disturbing as we're talking about this more that, that there's so much of this just... Unre- you know, just released anger all over the place, Where whether you turn on the news and you see these stories of, I, I turned on the news the other day and there was this, this uh, I think it was an aide in a school, Norm, and she ref- she told the student to put the Nintendo away because they're in school. Right. And the, and the, the student beat this person to a <gasps> pulp on the floor. Yeah. And somebody caught it on video. Oh, no. And then there was a person standing there and didn't do anything to intervene. And finally, some other, I don't know if it was a student or a staff person Principal or whatever, or yeah, came in and started pulling the person off of them. And I thought, and this went viral, of course. Of course. And you see this, and then people are watching all this, and they're just engaging with all this out-of-control anger and this ranting and releasing. It's just kind of frightening. So we really need to not participate in that, first of all, right. but then really be careful with how much we're spending yeah. time on it. So don't share those videos right. is the point. Right. Well, I've got a spiritual key I think we should consider for dealing with anger. That's self-control. We know that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It involves both control over one's behavior and the impulses and emotions beneath the behavior. It includes our mind, our emotions, not just our outward actions, but what's going on inside. Yeah, and, our, and self-control is produced in and through us by the Holy Spirit. It's not something we whip up from within. Rather, it develops from God's work in us. It's a gift for us from the Holy Spirit. Desire it, develop it, and use it. That's so good. Some people benefit by writing out their feelings. Is that a good idea in the case of releasing your anger, putting it all on paper, or typing it on a computer screen? You know, it can help. And here's a, here's a simple truth. And you don't have to send it right. when you write it to anyone. Good point. So don't, don't use it and send it. Um, but you can. Just the act of writing may lighten the load you've been carrying. And if you want to reconcile with someone Writing can help you get your thoughts together. You can go back and read it and go, oh, that really sounds terrible. I better not send that to anybody or do that. Let me modify. Let me figure out how to say it better. Makes sense. Okay, this leads us to the question of forgiveness. We're running out of time, Dr. Linda. So your book is called Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. 
Forgiveness norm is probably the most important way to release anger. A study that was conducted at Hope College in Michigan found that when volunteers thought about a person they were angry with, their blood pressure, heart rate, muscle tension spiked. But when they imagined themselves forgiving the other person, just imagined forgiveness, Hmm. their blood pressure didn't rise nearly as much. In other words, just the thought of forgiving the person calmed them down. So forgiveness strengthens your relationships and reconciliation can begin. So let's end our show with the words from Colossians 3.8. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. That is a strong directive from God's Word. If you struggle with anger, breaking free from anger and unforgiveness may just be a resource to help you. Let's reserve our March Madness for sports and live the rest of our lives evidencing the fruit of the Spirit and self-control. Remember, you can be angry, but don't sin in the way that your anger is expressed. That's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes this show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.